Let's pray. Set us on fire, God, to proclaim your eternal love and mighty works that all would hear and be amazed. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now a reading from Acts. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked, they're, they're drunk on cheap wine. Then, that's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions, your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red. Before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvelous, and whoever calls out for help to me, God, will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. When people are very old and deteriorated and no one enters their world and they're just sitting there, they will withdraw inward more and more. And their desperate need for, for connection is all now inside. And if a person is all alone, even if they're very, very deteriorated, there's a longing for this kind of closeness. Mrs. Wilson? Hello. You want me to sit? Can you see me good? 
Gladys Wilson is a wonderful example of a person who was in the phase of repetitive motion, where people use movements, repetitive movements, because they don't have any more speech or very little speech, but they have human needs that need to be expressed. You're crying. You're crying, you have a tear right here in your face. You have a little pain, you want me to touch you. You're very sad. Can you see me? Is it scary? Are you afraid? And if this person sits with their eyes closed, rocking back and forth, and maybe there's a tear coming down, there's a need there. There's a little tear that's coming out. You feel it? You feel a little tear? If you gently use touch, and I touched Gladys Wilson for the fingertips right here on the cheek is where the mother usually touches a child. If you touch an infant there, it looks up, and every cell remembers where it was touched by the mother. And often that person knows, even if they can't say a word at that moment, they won't talk. But, or they don't want to talk, but there's, there's a communication. And that person is no longer alone. Can you let me in a little bit? You think? Just a little? You think I could be with you and Jesus for a minute? Jesus loves me, yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. I used music, because when speech is gone, music, especially with Gladys Wilson, it was religious music, because there's emotion tied to it and safety tied to it. So I used her old church songs. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes. Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. What I did was, when she moved, I moved with her. And when I was singing, because she didn't sing with me, so I matched the intensity of my voice to the intensity of her movement. And pretty soon, for a split second, we became one person. Jesus loves me, yes. Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. So Naomi Fail, the therapist that was in this video, she grew up in Montefiore Home for the Aged in Cleveland, Ohio. She grew up there because her father was the administrator there and her mother was the head of the social service department. And apparently it had a huge effect on her because as an adult, after she got her master's in social work, she began to work with the elderly. Primarily, she worked with those who were severely disoriented, those who were in very advanced stages of Alzheimer's or dementia, those like Gladys Wilson. She developed this particular method for relating to her clients that we just saw because she wasn't happy with the methods that had been handed down to her. Apparently the methods that she had been taught, they, she didn't feel like they were effectively reaching her clients. 
And as you can tell, she feels very strongly that we have got to find ways to enter into the affected person's world, no matter how deteriorated they may be, because it's only when we are able to connect with them that they're no longer alone. She calls this particular practice validation therapy. As you just saw, one way that she validated Mrs. Wilson's experience was by matching her intensity and rhythm with her own voice. On her website, she explains this more fully and says, we calibrate the breathing, the movements, the gestures, the body tension, they mirror movements and sounds. All of this, she says, allows them to get on the same wavelength wavelength as the memory impaired person. And in that way, they're able to meet them exactly where they are in that moment and connect. I think it's amazing the way that she gets through to her. I think it's absolutely extraordinary that Mrs. Wilson, a woman who is so late stage Alzheimer's, she actually begins to track with Mrs. Fail as she connects with Mrs. Wilson by accessing her experience. Mrs. Fail obviously knows a few things about her client. She knows that her faith and her religious practices, especially the songs, are central in her life. And by relating to her through what is so deeply personal to her, she enters into her world and she's able to draw her out of her isolation. I think you can tell, it's pretty clear, when Mrs. Wilson begins to really hear Mrs. Fail, I mean, she even responds by setting the tempo as uh, Mrs. Fail sings. She's drumming along. I think it's amazing. Mrs. Wilson hears Mrs. Fail in her own native language. It's the language of her faith, and she's able to respond. When the Feast of Pentecost came, Without warning, there was the sound of a strong wind. Gale force, our reading said. No one could tell where it came from, but they knew that it was filling the whole building. It was like a wildfire, this Holy Spirit that spread through their ranks and started speaking, started empowering all of them to speak in a number of different languages. There were Jews that were staying in Jerusalem at that point. And they were astounded. They wondered how it was that all these Galileans were suddenly speaking in their own languages. They couldn't figure it out. They wondered, what's going on here? What is going on here? Today we celebrate Pentecost. It's the day that we now refer to as the birthday of the church. We call it the birth of the church because if you read a little bit further beyond our reading today, you'll discover that on that day, 3,000 were added to their number. They started out that day with only 120 believers. But before the day was over, more than 3,000 had joined their ranks. In an age when the church spends so much of its time perplexed about or mourning the decline of the church, that is something to celebrate for sure. It's something that we need to study, I think. We need to learn from the birth of the church, from our origins, 
My imagination has been captured by the astonishment of the crowd that they could suddenly hear in their own mother tongue. Can you just imagine all those voices proclaiming the mighty works of God in all those different languages? It must have been pretty disorienting. It was certainly unexpected, maybe chaotic, a little bit confusing. But on that Pentecost day, suddenly, somehow, everything was made clear. I bet that was a little bit disorienting too. They had been touched by God. They were able to hear in such a way that it made sense to them. It made so much sense to them and so impacted them that they were baptized and committed their lives to this new movement that had just begun, this new community of believers that has since come to be called the body of Christ, the church. On that day, more than 3,000 were added. I look at the membership records and the average attendance over the last several years at this church, and I listen to Bishop Schnazy talk about all the churches in our conference that in the past decade have dropped below an average weekly attendance of 350. We're one of those churches, and I find it so hard to imagine. I certainly want to understand it. I definitely want to glean some sort of wisdom from it, some hope. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, the 120 were preaching the gospel, and the crowd heard it. They were changed by it. Paul Scott Wilson is a highly respected preaching professor and author, and he says this about preaching. One has not said something until it's been heard. He continues with, and often it's not heard until one has said it several times. I think we know this is true in our own lives, right? At home, we ask our kids or our spouse if they'll clean out the dishwasher or set the table, or they ask us if we'll sign their homework or get them a glass of water. Rarely do we hear that the first time. Certainly don't seem to act on it. Apparently it works the same way with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we have the exact same story to tell that Peter and all those others were telling that day. The news we have to proclaim is the same great good news that they were proclaiming on Pentecost over 2,000 years ago. Yet somehow it seems to be falling on deaf ears. Why is that? Why are we not being heard? I think we're losing something in the translation. We're not speaking the mother tongues of our would-be listeners. I don't think the way we're proclaiming the gospel seems relevant to the lives of those we hope to reach. There, that ought to dispel the myth that we're an elderly congregation that doesn't know how to reach out to young people. <laughs> Whippersnappers are welcome. <laughs> we're not speaking the right language. 
Wilson, he speaks to this issue of relevance by saying that until the gospel has been proclaimed in a manner such that the listeners can understand it in terms of their own lives, it's not the gospel. It's just an abstract or remote truth. The gospel, the excellent news that God desires us, that God yearns for us, that God so loves us, the revelation that God makes a difference in how we live and how we love and how we make decisions, the gospel that gives our lives meaning and purpose, that has the power to bring us joy and give us hope, you'd think it would capture anyone who hears it because I think we all long for that sort of deep and intimate connection with God, that connection that God offers us in Jesus Christ. We long for connection, but often we, or those we try to share the story with, are as deafened by the circumstances of our lives, by the noise of the busyness that surrounds us, we are as deafened as Mrs. Wilson is by Alzheimer's. Peter's listeners, Jews from every nation, they were devout, scripture said. They had practiced their faith. They'd been waiting for ages and ages on the promised Messiah. But when he arrived, they were deaf to him. Some of them, they still hadn't heard the good news in a way that they could understand it. You know, since the beginning of time, God has translated God's love for us into so many different languages. God has spoken to us through a beautiful garden, through rainbows, through angels and promises, through burning bushes and parting seas through pillars of fire, through commandments and laws and covenants, through meeting tents and tabernacles, through the promised land and through temples. God has translated God's love through prophets and priests and kings, through mangers, through miracles, through water and bread, through a cross, resurrection, through the fire of the Holy Spirit, and through each and every one of our lives. God speaks to us in every imaginable language because God wants every single person to hear. And as those who have heard, we're empowered to proclaim that's how the Holy Spirit births the church, even today, right now, through inspired preaching and hearing. And it's not all up to us who stand behind pulpits, and not all proclamation is spoken. St. Francis of Assisi is credited with saying, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. All of the 120 who were gathered there on that day were given the ability to proclaim. Each of them 
in their own language. We all speak a little bit different language, and we all hear differently. So here's your homework. Preach the gospel. We all have to share the gospel because we each tell it just a little bit differently. Our unique experience of God translates the message in nuanced ways. The Spirit may give you the ability to reach a person who is completely deaf to my mother tongue. And there's no telling who the person you reach might reach. Let's see what happens to Mrs. Wilson. So at one point, when she got very quiet and very peaceful, and my voice became very quiet as hers and very peaceful, and my breathing slowed to her breathing, she pulled me to her, and I moved with her. And for her, at that moment, I believe I was a symbol of, of her mom. Feel safe and warm? Yeah? Can you sing with me? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the mothers and the fathers. He's got the whole world in his head. The breakthrough doesn't happen every time. The person will not always look their, open their eyes and look at you. But if you keep trying, and you keep centering yourself and uh, really look at that person and really mirror their movements. Maybe not this time, but the next time you come, you'll have a communication. You feel safe? You feel safe? Yeah. With Jesus? Yeah. And me? Naomi Fail speaks the language that Gladys Wilson can hear. And when Gladys hears that message in a language that is relevant to her experience, even as deteriorated as she is, she preaches the gospel in an amazingly powerful way. We don't have control over how people hear but we can proclaim in the unique tongue that the Spirit of God has gifted us with. We can allow God to speak through us, to use our lives, our unique experiences, to translate the amazing love and grace of God to those who need to hear it. I invite you to reflect on your life to think about the ways that you know God and have experienced God. 
to remember the times and places where you've been touched by God. The ways in which God has saved you. And I invite you to be ready and willing to share that with those you meet. It might be uncomfortable. I mean, when the spirit blows through, it can be terrifying. It can certainly be disorienting. We may feel like our heads have caught fire when the Holy Spirit catches hold of us. But by the grace and spirit of God, preach the gospel. Because there is somebody out there who will not know God's love until they hear it translated through your life. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us, that you would empower us and embolden us to forever preach your gospel, to share the good news of your amazing love and grace with each and every person we encounter in a language that meets them where they are, that connects with their lives. And out of the great and amazing love that you have poured into us, God, we offer back to you all that we have and all that we are. We ask that you would bless our offering, that you would multiply it, that it would serve you and your people, that everyone would hear your great good news. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will the ushers please come forward?